Be Better, episode 27. I've been a little uh, little off of my podcasting schedule for this podcast. Uh, my schedule's been all over the place with being gone, coming back, working late every day last week. Just hard to uh, get back in the swing of things. So, uh, but my, my, I always know that I can get the most done in the mornings. Um, so it's about 4:30 AM right now trying to knock one out for you guys so I can then knock out a quick workout and then drive as fast as I can to get to work on time. So we are brought to you by subzeroplunge.com code be better saves you $250 at checkout. Um, one of the most affordable cold plunges on the market. The market in the cold plunge industry is typically four to twelve thousand uh, dollars. You can go cheaper, obviously, but basically you're just getting a barrel and you're gonna add your own ice to it. So the ones with actual units to cool the water, you're looking from four to twelve grand. And he offers um, two hundred fifty dollars off for all our listeners. Numerous benefits to the product. Um, my favorite has always been just the feeling afterwards, after doing something hard, after doing something you don't want to do. Um, I never want to do it when I do it, but afterwards, it's a pretty nice feeling. Uh, you get all the endorphins, the serotonin levels, um, and yeah, just, you feel better because you did something hard. And that's what, like, when I when I mentor people, I try to have them do stuff that kind of sucks. You know, unless we're busy with other stuff, I typically try to have them do stuff that sucks just to push themselves mentally. Especially like for me in the mornings, if you can get stuff that sucks out of the way, everything for the rest of your day is easier. That's what I try to implement in the people that I help is if you just do the comfortable things forever, you know, you don't really grow in that space. So and that's what it's all about, growing and being better. Um, speaking of being better, I want to talk about like how to be a good parent. Um, I struggle with this. Um I try to always improve. I think we all, as parents, have slip-ups. Um, I'm no, you know, I'm no different than you on that. You have times where you yell at the kids and you're like just hanging your head like, why did I even, what, what is wrong with me? I'm like getting an argument with a six-year-old. Um, but, man, they, they are good at pushing all the buttons and they all know all the tricks. But I think one big thing, and not just attitude, is just letting go a little bit. Um, on vacation recently, it was, we let the kids like run ahead of us a little bit on this like waterfall. I mean, not into the water, obviously, but like around the water and seeing them go ahead and knowing like, Hey, it's okay to sit back a little bit was really hard. I think just hard for anybody, but you have to, if you want to teach them anything about independence, because they're not going to have their mom and their dad behind them all the time for the rest of their life. And then, then if you push that the whole time that I'm always going to be here no matter what, then one day they're going to turn around. You're not going to be there and they're not going to be able to make a decision. So even letting some bad things happen to them, you need to let them figure it out and maybe they're going to fuck it up. I mean, I'm no stranger to fucking things up. So, but you always learn from your mistakes, you know, and I've always said a, Smart man will learn from his own mistakes. A wise man will learn from others' mistakes, which is why I try to help as many people as I can because I've made so many great mistakes in my life so far um, to help people not make those mistakes. But you got to do it with your kids too. We had a, a fair in town last week, 
And, you know, that's as crazy as it gets anyway. A bunch of kids running around and, and I specifically held myself back that I didn't chase after the kids. Like, if they want to run, run, let them run. Like, it's four o'clock and it's sunny out. Like, I don't think anybody's, plus nobody wants these kids anyway. Like, nobody's going to be stealing your kids. Like, that's their first thought is like, I have to watch everything they do. It's like, no, let them go with their friends. Come on, off you go. Figure it out. Figure out how lines work. Figure out how tickets work. Figure out how many you need to give them. Like, go. Like, you're going to mess this up, but, you know, I'm not always going to be here. And that's the thing I used to always tell me is I'm always going to be here for you. But maybe I'm not. And you better have some sense of worth and some sense of, sense of what you're doing. And I'm not, you know, letting the kids go drive the car down the road, but you need to have, you need to let them go off into the world a little bit here and there so they have some independence. I think the best thing you could do is, honestly, is have a kid that when they go to school, they don't need you. They go to college, they don't need you. They move out, they don't need you because you've taught them so much independence and I'm not looking forward to that day. But when it does come, knowing that they are independent enough to not need their dad anymore that's to me that's a win as a parent we have to get him prepared for the world because it's an interesting interesting place um i heard this thing about a actually a former they interviewed a former child predator about like hey what were you looking at when you're looking at the kids to abduct because you know if you're letting go you're kind of that's the first thing i worry about is someone who's going to take them he said the first thing he looked at was the family if he's like gonna steal a kid and if there is a strong family figure, strong family presence, strong father presence, he would leave the entire family alone. Now, this is obviously an extreme, but I like to go to extremes on things. So you better be a fucking scary dude. I mean, you don't have to be tatted up throughout your face and terrifying looking, but you better have a fucking strong presence. Like, that's why, you know, I think society pushes to be so much softer these days. And I'm like, Okay, you have to have an understanding of things and have empathy, but you better be ready to go when the day comes. And that brings me to another story is my sister-in-law was in is in California in her uh, residency for a veterinarian, and she saw like a kid running in the, like on the sidewalk, like running, but she's like, it's weird. Where's, her, where's the kid's parents? Like, is everything okay? Like, she just tell it was like uneasy this is a weird situation. And then she like looks up and sees this overweight couple running down the sidewalk, trying to catch the kid. And they could not keep up with a four-year-old, not much of a strong family presence or strong figure. And so she stopped her, told the Uber Uber guy was watching too. Like this is something that's not right. So she said, stop. And she ran out of the car and noticed the kid was going into the street and she went, sprinted to the kid, said she never ran this fast in her entire life, grabbed the kid, and then she said she, then my brothers and her words, clenched her butt cheeks when she grabbed him to pull him out of traffic, and the car went like whizzing by, like in the like in a fucking movie. You know how like the, the hero comes and grabs the kid and then pulls the kid back out of, out of traffic? She said it was like the exact same thing. And the whole time the parents couldn't 
keep up with their four-year-old. I mean, that's got to be like the worst feeling in the entire world. You can't protect your own kid. Kid runs off in traffic. Oh, that's, I wouldn't be letting him be independent that day, but, and you can't keep up with the four-year-old. I have two four-year-olds. I could beat them in a race any day of the week. I could beat them in a race running backwards. So this is why like I preach about fitness and being a, you know, a strong figure and being the one in your family to change everything. Moments like this, your kid runs off into traffic and you got to just you hope that a, a stranger in an Uber will stop it and get out of the car and save your kid from a half a second away from death. That's where it counts. That's where I say being in the gym counts. Being healthy counts. Showing your kids what a healthy person looks like counts. All those things add up. And if you don't, they add up negatively against you. And you have a situation where, oh man, if I was just in shape, I could have saved my kid's life. If no one, if she didn't pick up and realize what happened or what was going on when the kid was running away or just, when she was just looking at her phone, the kid had been dead. And the parents have no one to blame but themselves because they couldn't get out of their own way to chase their kid down. I hope that's none of you guys. And maybe if, if you think it is, maybe that'll be a wake up call. There's a, I'm sure you guys heard that new song. A lot of people have that Richmond from Richmond from Richmond from Richmond. Um, that song has been blowing up. I guess it's on all the top charts now. Number one, all over the place. Um, and it does make you really think like, you're like, man, that's a really good song. What a powerful message. And then you like listen to it a little bit more and you're like, man, we are just getting hosed. And so pulling up some numbers, the average household, every house averages $700 more in taxes a year. It's funny. Cause I, when, when I read that, I'm like, that makes sense because when all the housing prices were going up in end of 2020, 21, 22, now they're trying to correct a little bit. Everybody's house value is going through the roof. I'm like, oh, this is great. I have this house. Now I have all this equity that I didn't do anything. And this equity happened. Like, what a great situation. This is the best. And then everybody's, then all my taxes went up on my house, my second property, my third property. Everything shot up, especially my primary residence went up quite substantially within the first year. And I didn't buy the house from an old person who had a, a you know, uh, a ceiling on theirs and it, it was stuck and it was front, like, no, it was bought it from another couple in their thirties. And then when I got it house was a much higher and then goes up. So it's like, you can't win. All they do is tax the crap out of you. You know, I got a lot of, especially where I work, there's a ton of crappy roads, just garbage, rattle your teeth. You get out, you piss blood, like not literally, but it's bad. So it's like, you don't feel like you have anything in return. Everything wants to be raised. My kid's school is like 120 years old, 100, 125 years old. Majority doesn't have AC. It's going to be a hundred degrees Wednesday and Thursday. And we don't have AC in the kid's school and I pay an ungodly amount of taxes in this area. And I know that the majority of it goes to the school district. I'm not too sure for what I'm pretty sure it's school and roads is where the most of the money's tied up in with my tax bill. 
and my kid don't have AC. Like everybody's got AC except for my kids' classrooms. So it just gets, the more you think about it, the more you like you sit down and, and, and ponder these things, the more frustrated I start to get. And then you look at, a, you know, a national disaster, this Hawaii thing, which there's been a lot of conspiracy theories on it, but I'm not going to get into that. But just the fact that there's, they're not sending anybody any aid, right? There's all these fundraisers and stuff, which is great. But when the government needs to step up, they're not, but they're sending like billions of dollars overseas. So I'm just, I'm either missing something because nothing, none of that makes sense to me is how we can send billions of dollars to Ukraine. And then one of our States catches on fire and burns. Like you see the before and after pictures. It's just, it looks like a movie. It doesn't even look real. And we're not sending any aid there. It just blows my mind. The federal government also wasted $247 billion or on average, they waste $247 billion of taxpayer dollars. $247 billion. A quarter trillion dollars is wasted every year. Like This is like, the, the word, I don't, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say you need to be a Democrat or Republican, but all sides seem to be wrong. There's not like, no matter what, they want to, you know, they want to tax your money. I was explaining this to Haley the other day because she's starting to work. And she's like, I'm like, all right, time to grow up, Peter Pan. Um, time to work. I go, okay, what do you think you're going to get paid? I'm going to get paid this many. You know, she, she gets a, it's a weird because she's subbing. So her first 15 days are a lot less. And then after that, it's like a way better rate per day for the certain school district. I'm like, okay, so let's, let's factor out your pay so you can kind of get an idea of what you're going to make because you have your student loan thing coming up because these grants or whatever. And I don't understand that, but um, I'm like, all right, let's figure out what you got to pay. I'm like, okay, so if you make, easy, let's just do easy numbers. Let's say if you made $1,000, you'll probably, you know, take home like 700. She's like seven. I go, yeah. I go the first three days you work, you might as well call it free because the government's going to take X amount of dollars out. And I go, you can switch it and be exempt and then just try to get as much back or not pay as much at the end of the year, but they're still going to, you know, they're still going to get something out of you. You got nothing to, to, to offset your, your taxes right now. So like explaining that to her, I think is like opening her eyes to like, okay, they're getting all this money and, but hopefully eventually her next question is what are they doing with it? You know, like, like I said, around here, it's supposed to be roads and schools are the biggest ones on our, like our state tax bill, like our, our house tax bill, but I don't really see it. But then you get, you no, know, you, you get in tax right off the bat. The government says you can't even have your money when you make it, we're going to take it. And then you could fight to get it back. And then. You have to get taxed where you live. You get taxed on the everything you buy. You get taxed on the things to, you know, any maintenance on your house. You get taxed on the gas you live, uh, you you use for the roads you get taxed on that are half of them are garbage. It's like it just doesn't stop. Like it's like a I don't know how we have so many bridges. I, I just call them like bridge trolls. Like you got to pay the troll before you cross cross the bridge, and then you even look at you know to the toll system. That was supposed to be to build the tollway, and then when that was done, the tolls went away. Well, why make them go away when you could charge more? And if you don't have a fancy I-Pass, you can charge double. And then people, you know, when I was driving to the city, I was paying, oh, fuck, probably 10 to 20, I don't know, it's been a while, 10 to $20 a day. But I drove to the city for four years. So, you know, and if I work 300 hour, 300, let's, let's call it 15 bucks a day in tolls times 300 days a year 
times four years, I paid eight, another $18,000 just to get to work and back with the gas that's already taxed on the roads that are taxed that I have to pay extra for just to go make money that I get taxed on. Like, it's just, it, it brings light to a lot of like problems in this world. It's like, you just need to like burn everything down and start over. Because I, I don't know what the solution is. I, I Part of me wanted to get into politics, still kind of does. But just to have like a, a, I don't know, somebody in there, even if it's just local, that is, I don't need anything. I don't, I'm not in there for the money. I'm not in there for anything else, but to try to make the situation a little better. That's part of me wants to get into it just for that. Cause I just see so many problems and then I just see people complain about it. I go complaining is great to a point because you're bringing awareness of the situation, but also what are you doing about it? Well, I'm just, I just think it's bullshit. And I, yeah, I agree. It is bullshit. What are we going to do about it? That was my first thing. People talked about politics. What are you going to do about it? Well, I just, you know, I just want to discuss it. That's not moving the needle. So I'm like, man, maybe I'll be the one and try to step up and do things locally and just cause right. You take care of your home. Then you take care of your community. Right. So if, if I can, maybe I push things locally and get involved and have, then I can have more of an understanding of what, what's going on because I, I don't know the, what we have going on now doesn't seem like a very good operation. It seems like the worst business model ever. And then for some reason they lose money all the time, but they get the most. Obviously, you don't have an income problem. You have a spending problem, right? That, that's a pretty easy one to see because they can raise our house taxes. They can raise tolls. They can add more taxes to your gas. You know, we're creeping up to $5 a gallon again. It's four twenty-five the other day. They can add all these things thinking, oh, this will offset something, but it doesn't because they find a different way to put the money somewhere else and, and then they lose it and they spend it and it's it's, it, it's getting old. Um, so I try to do personally, I try to do as much as I can to offset my tax bill because they try to take so much of it and you don't see anything done. So shit just gets really old. So, but that Richmond, North of Richmond song kind of makes you, if you really think about what he's saying and what he's talking about, it, it brings a lot of problems to light, man. It's, it's, it is a damn shame what, what this world's coming to. He said it best. It's just. I try not to think about too much of the negative stuff. I try to think positive, like I'm in a good community, and that's why we pay so much. Um, but, you know, it gets old, especially now with the, with the heat coming in and no AC and shitty roads, and you're like, what am I paying for? Why do I have so much taxes? I don't even have sidewalks. I don't even have fire hydrants. Like, what, what is going on? So it just gets old. And, and the last thing I'm going to talk about real quick is, like, the back to the parent thing, how to be a good parent. That's kind of how I started this off. Um, I, I've always had a, had this thought, like if you're worrying about how to be a good parent, I think I talked to, told this to Amber a while ago, cause you know, we all have highs and lows in our parenting and she was like, I just feel like a bad parent. I go, the fact that you're wondering if you're a bad parent means you're a good parent because shitty parents don't wonder, man, I, I wonder if, if what I said really hurt the kid's feelings. I shouldn't have you know, said that. I should have been more understanding. I'm just tired. And this is the 10th time I went up there tonight to put him to bed and they don't want to listen. Like the fact that you're thinking about, am I, am I being a bad parent makes you a good parent because bad parents do not think about those things. And they, it's a ton of neglect. Um, and then that causes a lot of issues later in life. But 
Yeah. If, if, if you're one of the people that, you know, struggle with the kids and, and you know, lose your temper every once in a while, like, like we all do, I'm no fucking perfect person, but the fact that you're wondering about it should tell you that you are a good parent because bad parents don't wonder about that stuff. So that's all I'm going to leave you with today. Appreciate you guys listening, being understanding, um, being patient with me to get these out. I try to get them off as often as I can once a week. I'm usually aiming for Sundays now because during my week, it's just insanely busy, but I snuck this one in for you guys before I got to get like a 30 minute workout in before I can run to work. So I appreciate you guys listening. We have a new shirt out. Um, early bird gets the worm concept. I've been thinking about for a while. Had a lot of drawings made up, couldn't figure it out. Um, hired a graphic designer. He knocked the logo out. So if you like the podcast, obviously everything's free. But if you want to support us, buying a shirt, buying a hat, hitting us up for some programming, some diet advice, um, really helps push that needle and helps me you know, get a little fuel for the fire on being more creative and, and doing cool stuff. So if this is something you guys like, check out the shirt. I just posted about the other day. It's, it's at the Be Better Official website under apparel. It'll be the first shirt that pops up. So if you guys like it and you like the show, pre- please support us with buying some merchandise or training. Uh, brought to you, of course, as well by SubZeroPlunge.com. Uh, I cannot wait to get into it after work because usually I can't. I don't want to, but it's going to be 90-some degrees a day. So coming out of work into a cold plunge actually feels nice. And then that draining all day in the sun you know, it kind of, I mean, it doesn't reverse it, but man, does it help out. So if you're interested in com code, be better at checkout, $250 off. Appreciate you guys listening again, as always. Thanks. I'm out. Be better.